Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Korovaka Uta. Coming up, the final round of Rugby's Pacific Nations Cup takes place in Fiji. The Australian rules community in the Pacific Islands mourns the death of a man who grew the sport in Samoa and PNG. But first... The Solomon Islands under-17 football coach Stanley Whiter says he'll continue to prepare his team for the October World Cup despite court action looming. This month, the Court of Arbitration for Sport will hold a hearing into the eligibility of Chris Satu. Satu represented Solomon Islands during the Oceania Football Confederation Under-16 Championship in 2018. However, this year, the OFC found Satu was born prior to 2002 and his participation breached their disciplinary code. This originally cost Solomon Islands its birth at the Under-17 World Cup, which is to be held in Brazil in October. But the Solomons successfully appealed that ruling, prompting the OFC to now take the matter to the Court of Arbitration of Sport. The World Cup draw took place in July, with the Solomon Islands being drawn in Group D. Stanley Whiter told Kuroi Hawkins that despite the OFC action, he remained focused on preparing his side for group play. The pool has been drawn. Uh, we are pulled with um, Italy. Paraguay and Mexico. Uh, I think we are in the Pool D. Pool D. And do you know anything about any of those teams? Have you managed to see any videos of them playing or under, uh, seen any of their tactics? Uh, at the moment, uh, no. But uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll have to find out uh, and get the videos so that I, I see what the, what the teams are, how did they play, uh, uh, so I'm I'm starting to get get some information about the teams that we are playing in our pool. For for Solomon Islands, never been to a World Cup in any any um, age group in the eleven aside code. How important uh, or how significant is is this qualification for the country? Um, yes, it's a it's, it's a big thing for Solomon Islands uh, as a as a football football country. Uh, we have been waiting for. For our time to go to the World Cup and 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 we go to the World Cup and it's a, it's a very very big thing and uh, a great thing for, for football football fans in the Solomon Islands to watch their their team uh, playing for the first time in the eleven side court in the World Cup. Now you you had the 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 amazing performance at the uh, under under sixteen. Uh, tournament in Solomon Islands. What's your preparation been like since then, and and what's the preparation uh, ahead going up to the World Cup? Uh, yes, at the moment uh, after the qualification, we we we've been training. Um, we've been training for for the last months, and um, we are looking we are looking into going out of the country to play a few matches, which which we need. We need to do that uh, in our preparation, and um, I just wait for a green light from uh, Somali Football Federation to 
to uh, let me know about some arrangement of going out and and have uh, a competitive match outside the country. You you have had you did have that little stint in Europe. Where else are you planning and uh, waiting for the green light, as you as you say, in terms of where to go? Um, I think we we still we still have to go to to Japan, uh, as I've been told by uh, technical director. But it's it's good to go to to uh, New Zealand and Australia to to play uh, because um, it's quite expensive to go uh, go to Europe and far countries. But it's it's a good thing for us if we go to New Zealand and play New Zealand and play Australia, that would be uh, a good test for us because um, New Zealand is, is going to the World Cup as well and Australia is going to the World Cup as, as well, so it's a, it's a good preparation for us. Um, and I think we are looking into going early into Brazil uh, before the World Cup, so it's a thing that um yet to, to conform to, to, to us. You've got a couple of players uh, playing here in New Zealand. Um, uh, their, their development is that you, you're just watching that from afar and they'll join the squad when it comes time. Is that the plan? Uh, yes. Uh, of course, uh, I am monitoring their, their performance in New Zealand and uh, how did they go. I got a very good feedback from uh, Scott College uh, with Rafa and Leon and and money uh, in Auckland, so I, I'm quite impressed with their with their uh, performance and how did they they go in New Zealand. So uh, we'll let them know what the plan is when we confirm everything. Then we let the uh, their clubs and the college knows about our our arrangements. Now, now you still have the, the cloud of the. The fiasco over the over overage player. Um, where is that at? I understand there was a court of arbitration um, case or filed by o- OFC. Do you know where that's at at the moment? Uh, yes, uh, I think the hearing is, is this month on the 16th uh, of this month. So we're still waiting for that. But that doesn't uh, put or stop our preparation going. Uh, we... I believe that we'll go through and we'll go to the World Cup. Thank you very much. Any any final words to um, Solomon Islanders, Solomon fans around the globe and, and even at home as you prepare towards this? Uh, yes, yes. I think um, uh, qualify for the World Cup is not easy. Um, I've, I've just asked for everyone to be together and support the young kids going to the World Cup and it's good to see your country playing in the World Cup, uh, one of the big events in the world. And I ask the Solomon Islanders, wherever you are, to, to support the team. Beth Solomon's under-17 football coach, Stanley Whiter. This weekend's final round of the Pacific Nations Rugby Cup is shaping up to be a thriller with lots on the line for all the teams. The United States and Japan are both undefeated and will meet in a virtual cup final on Saturday in Suva. At the other end of the scale, the winless Tonga and Canada are hoping to get their World Cup preparations back on track on Friday in Lautoka. The Akalitahi coach Toltai Kefu says that despite the results, the team has been working hard and he hopes Friday's match will see them rewarded for their efforts. It's an opportunity for us to finish on a good note 
they're not going to be any easy beats. Um, we certainly have to play well to beat them. But um, you know, we we see it as a game where if we can if we can play to our ability, we can um, come away with a positive result. The weekend's PNC action ends with the flying Fijians hosting Manu Samoa at the ANZ Stadium. Fiji coach John McKee says he's expecting a physically taxing match against the Manu. Both teams have suffered shock losses during the PNC, Fiji bowing to a resurgent Japan and Samoa being defeated by the USA thanks to a last-minute penalty. However, McKee says the traditional Pacific rivalry will make for an exciting spectacle. He says Samoa's direct style of attack will prove a challenge. You know, we're going to have to work very hard in our defensive system to not give them easy gain line advantage, you know, to put us under pressure. And, and, and certainly, I mean, their defensive system is very well organised and, you know, they have really good connections across the park. So we're going to have to work especially hard and attack to retain the ball for a number of phases. We, we won't be able to break the defence down as, as easily as we did against Canada last week. The Manu Samoa coach, Steve Jackson, says his team will need to minimise mistakes and hang on to the ball if they want to beat Fiji. Jackson says his side will need to be at their very best to defeat Fiji and quieten the parochial home crowd. In their game, you know, you get to hold on to position for multiple phases and don't give them the ball and shut down their space and time. So, look, they're a dangerous outfit. You know, obviously beating New Zealand Maldives and they beat the French last year. So, look, they're going to be tough and they're going to be at home here in Suva. You know, it's going to be a you know a physical battle, but we've got to make sure that we've got our, our game sorted and, and make sure we stick to what we're trying to do. As well as PNC placings, the games are part of all the team's preparations for the Rugby World Cup. John McKee says strong individual performances will make it difficult to pick his World Cup squad. Which is a good thing and, you know, play themselves right in contention for, for the World Cup. And, you know, as we come in the last round of the PNC, you know, the, the, the squad is probably getting getting um, closer to, to finalisation, but there's certainly you know, a number of positions still up for grabs with maybe three or four players vying for, um, for two positions in a couple of areas. The Rugby World Cup kicks off with PNC teams with hosts Japan playing Russia on the 20th of September. Fiji's first matches against Argentina on the 21st. Tonga take on England the next day while the Manu meet Russia on the 24th. And the US Eagles play England on the 26th of September. The Australian Rules community in the Pacific Islands is mourning the death of Scott Reed, who started AFL in Samoa before spending 20 years helping to grow the sport in Papua New Guinea. He served as chairman and director of AFL PNG since its inception in 2001 and in recent years was a commissioner of the PNG AFL Commission. The AFL's development manager for the South Pacific, Ben Drew, told Vinnie Wiley Scott Reed's passion and drive has left a lasting impact and legacy. Started AFL in Samoa many of moons ago. I think he was there in the, the late 90s and took some teams from Samoa to the Arafura Games and competed over in Darwin in Australia. And then when he left Samoa, he moved to Papua New Guinea, so Port Moresby, and was where he really hit his straps. He, uh, in 99, 2000, he worked really hard and set up AFL PNG and became a registered entity in PNG and a business. And then they from there, they become an affiliate of the AFL Direct, and then from there, the AFL's been really supporting the growth of the game, but really through Scott's hard work and his drive and his side through there. And during that time, he moved back to Australia, but he was president of the Coolangatta Football Club on the Gold Coast. Many of Panji players have come through and played at Coolangatta over the years, and he's just made a really big contribution across all parts of our footy, especially in the Pacific, but 
more recently and really largely across Papua New Guinea where we've just seen millions of kids play And of course, you know, when people think AFL in the Pacific, you know, Papua New Guinea have had that great success in the uh, International Cup that's held every few years in Melbourne where he spent a bit of time as well, uh, including two-time defending champions. So uh, no doubt the foundations for a lot of that success and the talent and the players that came through the PNG system there, you know, a lot of that credit could be put down to the work that was done by Scott. Absolutely. And uh, we've got a cup coming up next year, I know. Now, I know the guys will really want to work really hard to ensure they put in a really good performance you know, for Scott. And he's, he's just made a huge contribution over a long time. He's, uh, there's a lot of hurt people at the moment who are you know, mourning his, his loss. And from Melbourne to PNG to the Gold Coast, uh, across the Pacific. But he's, he's just had such an enormous impact. And that's just in his footy world. It's, it's his the volunteer role. He's, in his work life, he was and made a, good, a massive contribution as well. So he's... Everything that's been able to be achieved in PNG has had a huge hand in over 20 years. So we're sort of trying to do the math a few days ago. And there's over two and a half million Papua New Guineans have played our game directly as a result of what Scott saw, you know, in 99-2000 and started running development programs and across the country. By its very nature, Australian rules are, is is obviously based in Australia and, and that's where the, the strength is. So... Um, you know, it, it takes people that have a real passion for that sport and to see it grow from nothing to become what it is now. So just that passion and drive for a sport that I guess a lot of people can relate to, to, to go in somewhere and, and, and want to share that passion with, with others. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Scott built on the history of AFL in Papua New Guinea and AFL's been, you know, been in PNG since around World War Two. So, you know, he built on that passion and really brought in some you know, structured programs and worked with the local communities and and the important people within PNG that really liked the Australian rules and with their support and Scott's vision they were able to build a national pathway for kids to play in the new kick program that, that they run over there and also you know, talented players to Australia, kids playing in community clubs here and then international cups and tournaments and it's just had a huge impact across many parts of the business. How many people in PNG are playing AFL typically uh, these days and, and, and in the wider Pacific? People seeing and being a part of the game, we average around 100 to 120,000 in PNG each year annually. And that's you know, anywhere from one-off programs to competitions to different, part, you know, different parts of the game. And across the Pacific as a whole, you're looking at around somewhere around 200,000 annually in the Pacific that you know, are a part of our game each year annually as well. It's growing Importantly, we've just got such great people that are involved in the in the game across the Pacific in each country, and Scott's left a great lasting legacy in PNG, and and he's you know, started something that that's become something quite big and um, can have a huge impact. That's the AFL's development manager for the South Pacific, Ben Drew. Reed died last Friday in Melbourne and is survived by his wife Frida and three children. The Black Ferns rugby team and UNICEF have formed a partnership to help children in the Pacific recover from natural disasters through sport. Called Play On, the initiative aims to promote sport-in-a-box kits which are distributed to children in the region after disasters. Each kit contains enough sports supplies to get 90 children back to playing again, seen as a crucial step for their recovery process. Cyclone Winston in Fiji and Cyclone Pam in Vanuatu were two of the most destructive storms to hit the region recently, and more than a 1,000 box kits were distributed to children in those countries. 
Black Ferns players Aldora Itunu, TK Ngata Eringamate and Marcel Parks have been working with UNICEF on a video showcasing the kits, which is to be released next week in the lead-up to their match against Australia. UNICEF's Pacific representative Sheldon Yet says it's an important message because children's needs can be easily overlooked in any disaster recovery response. But perhaps less well-known is our ability to make sure children are able to play again. Uh, Getting kids back into the routines, getting kids to play sports, play games, is really essential for rebuilding uh, the confidence of children, rebuilding, rebuilding the sense of normalcy that children require after an emergency strikes. And, and you've got um, some, some products that help with this. You've got a sport in a box kit. What, what are those? Yeah, we've developed uh, uh, projects for, uh, for getting kids back into school as well as getting kids back onto the sporting field. Uh, The sports-in-a-box kits are large, weatherproof metal boxes that contain basic play equipment, Um, uh, equipment such as skipping ropes, uh, uh, team jerseys, uh, measuring tape, uh, whistles, scoring slates, and each box is enough to get uh, 90 kids off onto the playing fields. Again, something that's ready for teachers, for care providers, for, for community members to help kids get out in the field in an organized way very quickly after an emergency. And now you're starting a, a partnership with New Zealand Rugby or have been partnering with New Zealand Rugby in, in this regard in terms of helping kids get back um, their normal routines and, and to, to get to playing again after disasters? That's exactly right. New Zealand Rugby are huge partners of ours when it comes to getting kids onto the field. Uh, together we've got a campaign called Play On uh, and because it's so important to get kids to do just that, to play on. And recently we've had three of the Black Ferns come to our offices and help shoot a video which shows how the school in a box kit can be used and just shows just how important it is to get kids out on the playing field uh, after day one. With with climate change, um, the expectation that disasters or natural disasters will increase in, in either frequency or both frequency and intensity. Um, going forward, how important is it in terms of developing resilience in communities? It's extremely important. There's no shortage of emergencies in the Pacific. It doesn't matter if we're talking about cyclones, earthquakes, or volcanoes. We've had them all here. And as you quite rightly say, with climate change, the intensity and the number of uh, of climate-related emergencies is likely to increase. That's why it's absolutely essential that we build a sense of resiliency, that we make sure kids can get back on their feet as quickly as possible. That's the only way to go forward. That's UNICEF Pacific representative Sheldon Yet. And that's the World in Sport for this week from RNZ Pacific. Thanks for listening. I'm Korovaka Uta. Kakite Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. 
every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.